Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Right where you are, just ask the Lord to talk to you today. If he's not already, he probably is, but just ask him to continue to talk to you. Maybe you need to hear a word. Maybe you're feeling dry, burden heavy. Oh Lord, we ask that you would speak. We're here to hear from you. And Lord, I, I just ask that, uh, that you would speak through me today and any, anybody else that you want to speak through today. I pray that you would speak however you want to speak. And Lord, we just invite you to do that. We know you're going to. Uh, you're God, you're holy, you're beyond this place, you're beyond all of this stuff, and yet you've chosen to be a part of this. I, I can't understand it. But Lord, I thank you that you choose that, that your holiness brings you to an out-of-this-world kind of love that's so unique. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we would grasp it just a little bit more today. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, uh, I'm sitting here, and right after the worship, I almost stopped cold because I feel like, I was like, man, I think the Lord's like telling me something. Like he was telling me something pretty clear and uh, it was really unique. And he was like, no, let Cole go talk. And I was like, okay. And then he gets up and he reads this passage and it was talking about basically people who are hungry. And what he had said to me, I'm sitting here and he said, he said, Jay, I've, I've got a whole table filled with food. And it's so full, and I've invited everyone to come and sit, and, and some people feel like they're starving. I just, I just want you to invite them to the table. It's so full of food. And if you feel like you're starving today, you don't have to starve. He's inviting you to the table to come and eat. And the table is so full, there's enough for you and everyone outside of this room. Are you hungry? Don't bring money. Don't bring anything. Bring yourself. And he says, come, I want to give you food that lasts forever. I want to give you a drink that never runs dry. I want, you to, I want you to drink it up and be so full today. It's a water that you're not going to find out in the world, though. Some of you are looking to be filled with like job or like maybe a new relationship or maybe more money. You think that's going to fill you? It won't. He wants to give you something that will truly satisfy your soul and so if you're hungry today, he said, the table's full, you're invited. And it's like, you're the guest of honor. Come, come eat with them. Lord, I pray you just continue to talk to us. So uh, like I said, we just got back from Africa. And I pray today as we share this word, I, I believe he's going to like satisfy some thirsty souls today. Uh, would you agree with that? I probably agree. I just think he's going to satisfy our soul with this room today. I think it's going to be really, really special. Uh, you just got back from Africa with uh, Jake and Brian and Chuck's here. I want to bring you all a, a present straight from Africa on honor of, of yesterday's game. I think we got a little, little video for you guys, right? Yeah, let's, let's hit that video. I know, I'm sorry. I only took 11 second video, you know? Jake decided to introduce him to Rocky Top. I thought it was a terrible idea. They kind of liked it, I think. I don't know. 
They loved it, actually. They were singing it for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> they were following us around singing Rocky Top. <laughs> I swear, one of y'all got a video. It would just go straight viral, you know, just, it was awesome. If you got your uh, scripture, I want to continue in Acts chapter 16 today. And I'm going to start in verse 6. And I'm just going to go through the whole chapter. I believe the Lord's, the Lord's got a, a lot in this passage just highlighting to me. And I just pray that it would, it would be really special for us today. And I don't know about you, but this, is, this story is really part of the second missionary journey. And freshly going and visiting people on mission. I don't know if, if you were raised in the church and you saw like a missionary come in or you went overseas and, and you just had this idea of what missionaries do. And they were like superhuman, you know what I mean? They're beyond human and they have this like direct line to God and God is like telling them what he is surely not talking to you about, but he's got this direct line to them and they are sure of every move and they're moving boldly and they've got this like thing where they're like, here's what we're gonna do today. I've got it written down because I heard from the Lord this morning. It's gonna be awesome and we're gonna see a lot of stuff happen and here's what's gonna go down. You know, anybody else have kind of feel like that? I just grew up feeling like that's what it was gonna be like. You read this missionary journey And it's so, it's so just human. It's real life. And I pray that we see this through the lens of like real life. Paul has an encounter with Jesus to the place where he gets blinded. And this is Paul's life as a missionary cruising the world. And I believe that this is the life that each one of us is invited into. I believe this is the life that many of us live and we think it's a subpar Christianity, honestly, because we expect something that isn't even Bible. Just pray that we see this in real life. And I pray it just frees us up to live life on mission and experience the wonder of God. He's really amazing. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. I'm going to start there. And if you'll remember, backtrack, uh, Paul and Silas have decided to go and encourage all the churches that have started. And so this is part of that journey of going and encouraging the churches. So next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then, coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, listen to this, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. And that night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Now, I said a lot of weird cities, and, it, and I'm, you're like, well, I, that's cool. But when you research them, it's pretty interesting, but it basically goes along that coastline of what's modern-day Turkey, and then they cross over and go into Greece. That's really where they're going. But fascinating in this passage, the Holy Spirit prevents them from going into Asia, 
And then there's a phrase that's not used anywhere else in all of the scripture is the spirit of Jesus. Very interesting, and I believe the writer did it on purpose. And I wanna get to why he did that on purpose, and I believe the answer is actually found later in the passage. I look forward to sharing that with you. But around about, he gets to Philippi, the spirit of Jesus. Verse 10 is another note that I wanna show, but verse 10, it says, we, so we decided to leave. I believe the writer Luke actually shows up in this place. And so he's now first-hand account writing. One of the most encouraging parts of this passage for me is that word, we. You never hear about Luke getting a vision. Does anybody feel like God has never spoken to them because they have not had a vision from God? You never hear Luke really getting a vision, but you never really hear that, well, there's a couple in the letters. Paul goes, I write with my own hand. But most things, he's not writing by himself. Somebody's writing for him. I found the beauty and the majesty of God's work in every unique gifting. If you believe that your encounter with Jesus and him talking to you should be just like mine, you'll find yourself sorely disappointed. Each one of you in the body of Christ is uniquely gifted and set apart to operate together, but maybe very, very differently. I pray that just frees you up today. But you don't gotta got be at all like me. I don't gotta be at all like you. How wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Come on now. Anybody happy about that? I'm just happy. Hey, I'm just happy. That brings me joy. Most of my life, I was ashamed because I wasn't like the guy who had it all together and he was superhuman, man. But I wanted visions. And I believe he'll give you visions if, if you'd so desire and you seek him in ways. He'll, he'll, tell, you, he'll tell you some wild stuff but I always thought that I was sub to the person who was having those experiences. He wants to journey with you to have those unique experiences in the individual unique way that you are designed. I pray that frees you up today. But finally, you get to Macedonia. Oh, I want to tell you a story. Sorry. I'm so sorry. When we hear about another thing that I want to highlight here, and I don't want to go past this, is open and closed doors. I hear a lot of people asking God to open doors. And I believe we often have a theology that there's three doors in place and God is like, pick the right one or your life is screwed. You know what I mean? A- anybody? And like, it's gonna set you back like at least five years if you choose the wrong one. And you're gonna get it right. And then I'm gonna put three more in front of you in the next one. And then like, really, I hope you learned your lesson, you know? It's cruel. But we kind of laugh because many of us think that way. Because honestly, that is very human of us to do. He is holy and set apart. He's not like us. That's why we're going, God, show us who you are. He's kind and generous. But he is actively helping Paul and Silas because they desire to go into Asia and he shuts the door because he says, I got something different for you. Many of us think that that's on us I believe God is the shepherd. I invite you and myself to step out of the shepherd's seat and just allow yourself to be a sheep. The good shepherd is truly good. He will shut the doors that need shut. He will open doors that need open. 
One of the stories that we heard while we were in Africa, and I firsthand heard this story, was one of the guys was pray, praying and fasting, and he was seeking the face of God. He and a young friend, they were seeking the face of God through prayer and fasting. They committed themselves to the word. They decided to obey. And so they began to live life in a very different way, in a very different culture. One day, one of the men was driving his motorcycle down the street when all of a sudden it dies. Can't figure out how to start the thing. So he walks into this town and basically like there's like main roads and like little little roads go into little towns. And he walks up into the town to figure out like maybe my motorcycle could get fixed. And he hears people wailing. And when he hears people wailing, he says, I hear, this is why I've brought you here. He's like, he walks up to find that a woman has basically passed out in the farming village and she had died. Seemingly maybe like a heart attack or something, but people are wailing. And at this point, they've brought a sheet and they've covered her up and she's starting to get cold. And he walks up and he says, may I pray for this woman? And they're like, anything. He pulls the sheet back and he says, he grabs her hand and literally I go to this house and I'm sitting with this little old woman who's never told her story. And she's sitting there. And he says, I start to pray. And her hand begins to get warm. She begins to sneeze. She sits up and the whole town freaks out. And they're like, my gosh, would you stay with us for days? And later on, they find out that basically people are terrified that if he left, she would die again. And that she couldn't be raised from the dead. He goes out after this and he stays with them, but he goes out after a couple days, goes down to his motorcycle, it starts right up and he drives off. One thing that I think about open doors, many of us in America, we have this idea that the open door is all about me. It's about my future. It's about where I'm headed. It's about me getting where I need to go. And if I pick the right one, then I'll get to the next one and hope to get to the next one, I hope to get to the next one. But when you, when you, when you see Jesus for who he really is, you realize that he is the, the wonderful door and he's invited you to walk through him. And when you begin to walk through him, he's, he's like glorious and wonderful and he surpasses anything that you could ever get here on this earth and he's worth living and dying for. And it's all about him. It's who he is. He is God and we are not. And if you will follow him, you will have a life, and I'll tell you from like a human selfish perspective, you will have a life that you could have never achieved or never hoped for because you couldn't dream it up. It's better. But listen, you might have nothing, but you will have joy. You might have nothing, but you'll be filled with love. You might have nothing, but you will have peace. How many of us have everything and have no peace in this room? But stuff will give that to you. Jesus wants to give himself to you and in himself is peace and kindness and gentleness and patience and joy and all the stuff that you long for here on this earth you'll never find. And what do you benefit if you gain this whole world and yet you lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Nothing. I believe he's calling you to his table today and the knock will get louder and louder. Come and eat with him, come dine with him. Acts 16, and I want, to, I want to read verse 13. Now, I'll skip down a little bit. 
They finally get to Macedonia. That's all we skipped, okay, pretty much. Verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who'd gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira and uh, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened up her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I'm a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she urged us, until we agreed. So listen, listen. Paul has a vision. And in this vision, what was in the vision? A man saying, come to Macedonia. We need help. He's been there for a few days, the scripture says. And he decides, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to go to the place of prayer. Because I can assure you, if you want to experience God, find where he's working and join him right where he's working. He'll always be working in prayer. He goes to the place of prayer. What does he find? Women. That's so funny. It's a viral video that just came into my mind. It was really bad. What are those thoughts? Man. But does anybody, you get a vision from God and you, do you ever think you would miss it? I saw a man and now I'm here with a bunch of ladies and I've been here for days. Like, God, did I not hear you? You get discouraged to the point where like, I guess we didn't hear. Let's just go back. We wanted to go into Asia anyways. Let's go break down that door. You know what I mean? Anybody? But they never lived in doubt because they were sure of their heavenly father that they were trusting, they were trusting. I don't doubt you at all. What you said is true and it's on its way. I'm sticking in it. Some of us need to hear that today. I'm sure of what you said and you are true and let every man be a liar. That's what the word says. If you don't know, that's just Bible. Let God be true and everyone else be a liar. You'll find that that's actually true. I'm finding more and more the longer I live that that is 100% true. And even sometimes the most persuasive voice that I thought he probably got it or she probably got it. If it goes against what God has said, I promise you is not true, no matter how beautiful it sounds. And sometimes I want it to be true. It's not. So he goes down and he meets a woman named Lydia this is one of my favorite people. Uh, she's one of the first church plant, house church plants, actually. And uh, she, some believe she goes back to Thyatira and you can go into Revelation and see what's written to their church later in the book. But what do we do when we do not know what to do? Anybody not know what to do right now? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Pray. What do I do when I don't know what to do? Pray. And you're like, Jay, I've been praying. And I want to like gently say this, but this is just word. James 1, 5 through 8 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. And he will give it to you. Many of us stop right there 
keep going. He will not rebuke you for asking. How wonderful is that? Anybody have kids and your kids come up and ask you for just some crazy stuff? I mean crazy, dumb stuff. Anybody? Come on, I just wanna make sure. Hey, I know you've got some stories. Marty Wallace, I know. We know anybody know Neelan? I love that kid, but I know you've got some crazy. It's <laughs> awesome. It's amazing. He won't rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, <clears throat> be sure that your faith is in God alone. That means my rest, my trust. I'm not looking to have trust in this world. I'm not getting you to be the finger for me just to get what I want. God, my whole trust is in you. So if my whole trust is in you, all my prayer is really about you. He's not opposed to meeting our needs, but this whole thing is all about him. And if we make that thing all about him, he'll make sure that everything is moving in the right direction. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. This is why I wanna tell you, as you read that, you're like, man, God is kind of harsh. But here's the deal. If your loyalty was divided and he were to answer the prayers you're praying, it would ruin your life. He is kind. He's so generous. He's so generous that he's not gonna answer those prayers because if he did, you would spend it and ruin your life because your loyalty is divided. And he's like, I care too much about you to give you that because it'll ruin you. I wanna give that to you. And I'm gonna wait till you're ready. And when you're ready, I'm gonna give to you because you're ready for it and I know. And I'm gonna lead you there, by the way. Come walk with me. Come sit at my table and get full. I wanna answer, I wanna show up. I met a woman in Africa, her name was Fatma. Fatma, would you like that name? I would not. But Fatma was the most amazing, was that her name, Fatma? Fatma, you don't even know, Fatty Body. I'm not even saying that. You, wanna, you just want me to say weird stuff, Fatty Mati. So. It was Fatma. I know. I, I sat next to her. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> but I'm sitting there with this lady, and, and she's sitting next to me, and she's a pastor of a church. And um, she had, like, her humility was blinding. Her meekness was, like, contagious. Like, I, I was like, I don't know. Like, you're not even saying a word. And I'm like, you are different. She just sat there calm, cool, and collected, and she talked about how she would pray and fast, and she would ask God where she should go, and he would, he would tell her basically the town to go, and she would walk the streets, and she would pray and fast until he highlighted for her a family that she was to go and reach, and she tells this story with a couple people sitting next to her, and she tells a story of going to this house, feeling like God had highlighted this house to her. She goes, and... The husband had been in a motorcycle accident and he was injured and on crutches. She befriended the wife. And every time she would come to the house, the husband wouldn't be there. And so she said, I would just wait until he came home. And sometimes it would be midnight. 
And I'm like, what commitment is that, that you heard from God and you're gonna go down there till midnight and wait for this guy to show up? And guess what I found out? That guy hated when she came to his, his house. So he would go in the backyard and hide in the bushes. <laughs> he would go back there and hide with crutches. Can you imagine that? He's like, oh, here she comes. He loves his foot. I found that out because the guy was sitting there. The guy was now a pastor of another church. One who was hiding in the bushes like Adam when he was ashamed. Meets Jesus, his eyes are open. He's not ashamed anymore because a pastor sitting there just joyful. What do they do when they don't know what to do? They're praying. And that seems elementary to some of us. We're like, Jay, tell me something better because I've done prayer and I don't want to keep going. There is no substitute for prayer. There's nothing. You want a shortcut? There's not. Do you want a strategy? There's not. It's prayer. It's communion with your, your heavenly father. But prayer is different because many of us get so beat down because our prayers are just so rooted and just junk. We're not getting anything and we get, feel like we're getting nowhere. We've got to change our mindset. God wants to do more than you want to do. If you're not getting what you're wanting, God wants to do more. It's not less. He wants more. And he's going to shepherd you to the place of more. Oh, Lord, would you shepherd us to the place of more? where we see with your eyes the more that you desire us to pray. One of the tools that helps me in prayer, I don't often know what I should pray, so the first thing I'm gonna say is, God, thank you for being you, but would you help me pray today? Some of us have a checklist of things for God to do, and I think he's like, Jay, I got way more, and it's gonna be awesome, but I wanna tell you. I invite you just to begin that little practice. Help me pray. And then just begin to watch what God does. Verse 16. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, what do you do when you still don't know what to do? It's been like days. They're going to prayer again, right? Find God working and join him. Find God working and join him. Many of us think we have to conjure. You don't. The Spirit of God is alive and well, and he's working. Join him in the work, and you'll experience with some stuff. But we pose the question, why the Spirit of Jesus? We're about to find out right here. You ready? Y'all still with me? All right, let's go get it. All right, 16B, the second half of 16. On their way to prayer, remember, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling futures. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus to come out of her now. Instantly it left her. I believe the reason why we see in the very first passage, the spirit of Jesus, is that we get a very clear idea. One, it's Trinitarian theology, but the spirit of Jesus and Jesus are one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, they are one. He names the spirit 
Because here, this spirit in the Greek is actually named. It's a territorial spirit, and it's one that resided in Greece. It had to do with Apollo. It's the worship of Apollo. This is the Python spirit. One very well known, I mean, since like, I want to say it was like 500 BC. They had worked, or 5,000 BC. I mean, it was like, I can't remember the numbers. I wish I could. But it was like millennia before. This spirit has been alive and well, telling the future, and they are getting a lot of money because a lot of people believed in this. They named the spirit, and here's why I believe that the spirit stopped them from going to Asia. He says, I got territory to take, baby. I don't want you to go to Asia because I want to go to the hub. They've enslaved people for years. We're about to set some people free. You don't know it yet, but I got a plan. Let's go. The spirit of Jesus shows up in Paul and Silas. And the spirit of Jesus shows up in a territory reign. And you can, you can research it if you want. You can find the old temples that are there and they are demolished, they're gone. The spirit of Jesus is still moving. But that day, the spirit of Jesus came and set this woman free of a territorial spirit that had been powerful, altars are set up, and in an instant, when Paul got sick of it, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be gone. And everybody witnessed. We've paid a lot of money to hear from that spirit. <laughs> and now it's gone <laughs> because these guys bring in the spirit of Jesus? I tell you today that the spirit of Jesus is the supreme, in her own words, she's telling the truth. The spirit was speaking. They come to tell you how to be saved. The spirit of Jesus saves. The spirit of Jesus is actually supreme. And every other mocking spirit is lying. Even a persuasive one even one who will tell you little futures. And I believe that Jesus, I believe that Jesus is calling us in this moment to let down our American dream and give us a brand new vision. I believe that there is a, there is a territorial, like demonic lie that the American dream is what we are to give our lives for. And I want to tell you, it is, it is subpar and it's second to what God wants to give to you. Let go of the American dream. God wants to give you a vision, a heavenly vision. You don't have to live as citizens of this world any longer. You've been called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I invite you to the table. And some of us have feasted at the other tables and we're starving. We have more than we could ever imagine, and yet we're hungry, and yet we're tired, and yet we're depressed, and yet we're angry, and yet we're frustrated. The stuff will not be it. The vision he wants to give to you, but you must come and dine with him. Come and eat with me. I'll wait till you're ready. Because I'm gentle and lowly. I'm kind. I'm holy. I'm different. Come and eat with me. Are you tired enough to sit yet? Oh, Martha, 
come and eat with me, he says. And I don't know if maybe like this girl, like a familiar spirit is what she had dabbled into. Some of y'all may, if you dabble in this, like spirit guides, you're gonna call in a spirit guide. The spirit guide is gonna tell you what you should do. He's gonna help you with your future. The same principle applies. And I wanna tell you what you're dabbling in is less than what you are invited into. The spirit of Jesus has called to you. And if you have participated, I invite you to let go of that because it's less. And Jesus has come that you would be saved and set free. But you know what? You would think everybody's pumped about this, but everybody starts a riot. They're ticked off because like industry's gone. Industry's gone. My stocks are falling. Better do something about that. Send these guys to jail and beat them with rods. Feel our anger. They go to jail. And around midnight, and here's like the, here's like the, the place where you see that they truly are not doubting, but I think that they're wrestling in their minds. I do. Around midnight, Paul and Silas, verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, bleeding, deep pain, singing and praising and praying. Do you see a consistent line? I'll not stop praying. I need him right now. And other prisoners were listening. Now they got an audience watching. Suddenly, there's a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Woo. At this point, the jailer's gonna kill himself and they're like, stop, do not, we're all still here. And the jailer, verse, 30, verse 29, the jailer calls for lights. He run, ran out, ran to the dungeon. He fell down, he trembled before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Ooh, I was listening to you praise and I thought, what kind of idiot praises in a jail cell? In the problems and pain that they were going through, surely they were forsaken by God. You think he's gonna show up for you? What kind of idiots do that? Everyone's chains fell off when they praised in their pain. People were watching and listening. And some of us, when we look and feel our pain, we say, God, you have forsaken us. He says, no, the enemy has now come against you, but I have a plan to redeem what the enemy has done for evil. God means for good. And he's wanting an audience at this point to show off through your life. Would you let him show off in the pain? But would you trust him in the middle of whatever you're in today? Is it painful? Trust him. Do you need to make it right? Make it right. But trust him because he's, he's, he's wanting to show up with the people around you. And they replied to him, we've got a, 
hefty discipleship process for you to walk through, for you to fix up your life and get some stuff together. And it's going to take you about two years, but after two years, you'll be fine. You'll be good as new, right? Discipleship process is not wrong. That's not what they did first. They replied, listen, listen. Maybe some of you need to hear this today. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Along with everyone, anyone in your household. Believe. That means rest upon. That means trust in the Lord Jesus. What does that even mean? That Jesus came to this earth, sacrificed, became the perfect, sac- like sacrificed his life, the unblemished sacrifice for all of mankind. Anyone who would receive this for your life will be washed white as snow, all of your past and sin forgiven, and all of your future brand new and bright. And if you rest upon the sacrifice and the person of Jesus, Jesus' rightness is imputed to you, me put upon you. And when God the Father looks down, he sees his son upon you. Not your sin, not your shame, not your lack, but more than enough that he did for you. This is the good news for you. Would you believe upon Jesus today and be saved? The word is set free. It denotes a picture of prison doors opening and you walking out chains free. Come on now. They believe, they replied, believe in the Lord, you'll be saved along with everybody. And they shared the word of the Lord with them and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he as an entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. As we come to the end of this today, one of the questions in my mind was, what's the, if you could put it into words, I want you to think about it for yourself for a second. What's What's the motivating force in your life right now? Like what today are you thinking about for tomorrow? Like what's moving you to go to work? What's motivating you to go into your home? What's motivating you to walk down the street today? Just think about it for a second. What motivates you? Like what moves you? What's the life breath in you today? Name it. I would submit to you that thing or whatever that is, has, has the altar of your life today, and, and you may or may not, but you've, you've placed that thing there, and it is now guiding you, fueling you, inspiring you, moving you. You serve because of this thing. Are you weak and weary, tired and burdened? If you are, I invite you. I implore you. There is a supreme spirit who reigns, heaven and earth, his name is Jesus. 
I invite you today, because I believe we actually have this authority in our life, to dethrone spirits that are not of the king. It's not, it's lesser than. And invite Jesus, to, this is who you really are. You're already there. I wanna set up the truth in my life. You're not setting up something that isn't already a reality. You're coming into reality. You're saying yes to truth. Jesus sits supreme already. Does he sit supreme in your life? He's supreme. Would you let him be the Lord? The holy of your life. The holy like energy for me all like, I like energy. Like, <laughs> but the word for spirit is pneuma. It's like the breath of life. It's, it's, it's literally a wind. It's a breath. It's the divine energy, if you will. I don't hate that, honestly. I don't hate the language. He's the divine energy. But it has a name. His name is Jesus. Like, Jesus is the divine. The divine desires to divinely orchestrate your life, come into alignment with the truth. And if you do, if you say yes, he will break off of the chains of your life. I'm not saying he's going to give you everything you want. I am saying he's going to give you more than you want. He's way more. And right where you are, he'll show up. And outwardly, your body might feel like it's wasting away, but inwardly, you're going to be renewed day by day. It's a word. Does anybody need a refresh? Come to Jesus, and there's no shortcut. Right where you are, talk to Jesus. Pray. Do you want to meet with him? Tell him. Come to the generous God who gives generously. Come to him. Right now, Lord, we just ask that you would uh, orchestrate this time and you would do what you want to do in this room. Lord, I pray that you would uh, break chains right now. In the name of Jesus, I just pray that celebration and praise will break out in hearts. And um, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would move among us. I ask that you would, con- I, the knock that some are feeling, I just pray we get louder and louder and louder. 
to the point of like unbearable, like the stuff that people have known they should have done years ago and they sit in services like this and they go, but I'll be back next week and I'll do it next week. I just pray today would be the day of freedom. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of yes. Today is the day of new beginnings. Today is the day of rebirth. If you're sitting in this room today and you said, I have just had this strong sense, like I've just been wanting, I've been wanting to pray for people. And I don't know if you've never done it before and you're terrified of it, or if you've done it a lot. You say, I would, I would just want to pray for people. Would you, everybody's kind of bowed their head, would you just lift your hand for me? Would you want to pray for people? I want you to come here. I want you to come here. Come here. Come stand here. Anybody who wants to pray for people, come. Come stand. Man, I've been wanting to pray for somebody. That's awesome. Let's go. Now you're sitting there, everybody else, if you've sat here and you're like, I've been feeling like I need to be prayed for. I just need prayer today. I want you to look up for a second. I don't want you to move yet. I feel like I need prayer. Hey guys, standing up here, have you ever sat in the seat where you felt like you've needed prayer? Yes. 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 This morning, Jake says, it's good. You feel like you need prayer today. Maybe you want to revive or refresh. Maybe you have like a confession, whatever that is. You say, man, I really need prayer today. I really feel weak. I really feel broken or hurting. If that's you in this moment, would you move and come to these and let them pray for you? Father, I thank you for this moment of the divine tapestry that you brought together. That your will and your ways is not this weird straight line it's got so many edges and moves and it's crazy, but it paints a picture I could have never thought. It's like a scribble painting, it's crazy. But Lord, it's better. And who you've assembled in this room, Father, I, I pray that you would, you, would, you would ignite this church, Lord. You would set this people on fire with your presence, oh God. And Lord, I pray that it would not be status quo. We're not trying to copy people. I don't want, we just want to follow you. We ask for your divine vision. Would you tell us where you want us to go? And this divine vision is not gonna make us better than other people. It's just gonna be that we're carrying out the work that you called us to do. We pray for our brothers and sisters that meet all over this city and far beyond. Lord, I pray for an outpouring of your spirit in this city, oh God. And Father, I pray that hearts would come alive and eyes would begin to see and hearts will come alive, oh God. But I pray that you would order steps, that you begin to move, Lord. And I know you do order steps. I pray for the awareness of it. Lord, that we would stop blaming ourselves for our lives and the good, but we would recognize you as the divine, generous giver. You have ordered our steps to this moment, and you have not screwed up. You are not far off, but you are very near. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. But we pray a blessing of peace over their heart and mind. And Lord, we do pray against anything that would come to enslave, to capture, to bind. We pray in the name of Jesus that all those things will be loosed, will be broken off, and that you would cause your children to leap with great joy. Oh, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. We invite you to move. We invite you to speak. We invite you. We say yes to you. Whatever you want to do, we say yes. And we're here and we're waiting we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And while we wait, we move. And so from this place, we go. And if you're visiting with us on your way out, be sure and connect with those people. We love you guys. Hug two people before you go, though, okay? Yep. Yeah.